if you're being physically distracted, you may be being spiritually destroyed. Let's get into it. We've got some difficult days ahead. I just want to do God's will. I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast, where the diaspora speaks. All right, this is the best podcast on planet Earth uh, that discusses issues that impact the African Semitic diaspora. The whole purpose of this podcast is to get thought-provoking, uplifting, encouraging content out to the African Semitic diaspora. All right. Glad you guys are with me. Glad you guys are rocking with me. It's going to be a good episode. Um, if you haven't subscribed already to this podcast, please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, like and share this podcast. Share this podcast with 10 other people that you know. Listen, you can also follow us on uh, Instagram at JacobC12. Um, and if you have any questions or even prayer requests, uh, you can send those to uh, JacobC12 at gmail.com. Uh, so let's get right into um, this episode. As you can tell in the intro, we will be talking about the world's distractions, specifically um, distractions that we see um, and distractions that we um, experience in the media. Uh, so we know that we understand that we have understand regular media. So your CNNs, your Fox News, your CSNBCs, your InfoWars, whatever your flavor is, the media, that media presence is there for you. So if you are a conservative, that media presence is there for you. If you are a liberal, that media presence is there for you. If you're somewhere in between, that media presence is there for you. And the whole purpose of media is not necessarily to tell you the truth. It's not to prepare you for any kind of danger, nor is it to inform you of anything that can actually help or enhance your life. The whole point of media, in my opinion, is to distract you. Why? Because they focus on issues and they focus on topics that don't impact your day-to-day life. And if anything major has happened, they are the ones that reported after the fact, right? They don't tell you that be on alert because X, Y, Z is coming. What they tell you is X, Y, Z has come and maybe this is how you can move in the space once that thing has happened, whether it's a financial crisis, whether it's a mass shooting, whatever it may be. The media does not help to prepare us for anything. So if it's not helping to prepare us, if it's not enhancing our lives, then it must be a distraction. And don't get it twisted. The TV media is not the only media uh, that we have out there. Uh, There's also the biggest thing right now in the 21st century is social media social media, right? So we, on this episode, I just don't want us to be distracted 
by media, period, whether it's TV media or whether it's social media. What I want for our people, those who are in the way, those who serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those who believe, uh, as uh, Shaul or Paul would say um, in Acts chapter 24, verse 14, those who believe in every word of the fathers, of the prophets, of the Tanakh, we want to be ready. We want to be prepared for what we may not know, or sometimes we do know, and we'll discuss that right here in this podcast. But uh, I just want to thank everybody that's just been rocking with this podcast. If you've already been a subscriber and a supporter, um, I greatly appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Um, The best way you can support this podcast is continue to listen, continue to share it um, throughout all the platforms that you can share this podcast on. Um, Because the best way to get this podcast out is uh, one of the ways that we'll be talking about today is social media. Uh, But there are different things on social media that can help you if you're looking for it. And Jacob C Podcast is one of them. I'm your host, Yermi Yahoo, as always. So let's get right into this. And we're going to start off with scripture because scripture should be the foundation for all of us uh, for everything that we do. So what does the scripture say about distractions? What does the scripture say about distract distractions? As I said in my intro and something that I, I say all the time is that when we're physically distracted, we're being spiritually destroyed. How do I know that? Uh, let's go to First Peter. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter, verse 5. I'm sorry, 1 Peter, chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. They read, stay alert, watch out. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, searching for someone to devour. Stand up against him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being laid upon your brothers and sisters throughout the world. So uh, Cephas or Peter is telling uh, the people that you need to stay alert. You need to watch out. He would also tell us that we need to be sober minded, meaning that our minds need to be clear of any kind of gunk or junk that's in there that would distract us. But here in first Peter five, he says, stay alert. And watch out while your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion searching for someone to devour. Now, answer me this. It's a rhetorical question. Obviously, you can't answer me because this is not a two way conversation. But if you were, say, in the jungle and you saw a lion, a lion running towards you in fury, you knowing that this beast wants to devour you. Would you stand there and allow it to happen or would you try your best, although we can't outrun a lion, but would you try your best to outrun the lion and survive? Most of us sane people would try our best to outrun the lion and survive, whether that's trying to run up a tree, uh, jump in some kind of some kind of water, swim, whatever you got to do to survive. Right. Um, But if you are distracted Right. Say that same person's in the middle of the jungle and a lion is fiercely running toward them, but they're distracted, whether they're looking at the beautiful clouds or the wonderful sunset or they're on their phone trying to take a selfie and let everybody know (laughs) that they're in the jungle. They're in the Sahara on vacation and all of a sudden, boom, sun goes blank, sun falls down. I mean, the phone falls down um, and all you see is a lion tearing this person up. Well, what happened? They got distracted. So anybody who, is the, anybody who is alert and on watch and on guard, 
they're not going to get devoured by a lion. It's those who are distracted who are going to get devoured by a lion. So if you're physically distracted and you're not paying attention to what's going on around you in the physical, there's no way you're going to be prepared for stuff that's going on in the spiritual. There's just no way. There's no way you can stand up against your adversary firm in your faith if you're distracted. There's no way you can be you can stay alert and watch out if you're distracted. Another person says something about distractions in this in, in the Bible. Uh, let's go to First Corinthians. Shaul or Paul has something also to say um, about distractions. And we'll get into why distractions are so dangerous and why they are distracting us. First Corinthians uh, chapter seven, verse five, verse thirty-five. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse thirty-five. It says, now I say this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but to promote proper and and consistent service to the most high without distraction, without distraction, without distraction. So the, the context around this verse is husbands and wives. The, uh, it's about um, uh, either keeping yourself and staying single and using that singleness for the, uh, the time that you're single to be devoted to the most high. Or uh, if you can't control your loins, you need to get married because you can't keep your sexual urges. And as now it's become a distraction to you. But I would submit that it's not just sexual urges. This is what Paul's talking about, but also media what we allow to be put in our heads, the information that we allow to leak into our heads on a consistent basis will become a distraction to you if you do not know how to filter that information and use it for your benefit. And most of the time, that information is not used for our benefit. How do I know? Well, let's look at it. So there has been some events right now in this year of 2022 Um, that have gripped the country of the United States of America, the country that I live in, the country that most of you listening live in. Two so far, so as of the recording of this podcast episode, it is, let's see, what is this month? January, February, March, April, May, June. Uh, It's May. It's about to be June. Um, But we've had at least two mass shootings that they have put on the media. Now, before these two mass shootings happened, there were 197 or 198 mass shootings that occurred between January 1st and the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. 198. Why weren't those 198 other mass shootings portrayed in the media? Why didn't we see it on Fox, CNN, CSNBC? Why wasn't it talked about on Fox and Friends or Good Morning America. I'll tell you why. I bet if you do your research, most of those mass shootings probably happened between people who look like one another. They're probably the same age, probably the same tax bracket. So it was not going to grip your emotion the same way it would if a white man or a European man goes into an African-American neighborhood and shoots up a predominantly African-American grocery store and kills 17 African-Americans. Now, that does something to your emotions. 
that gets you distracted. Now you want to read more about it. Now you're angry. Now your focus is on this quote-unquote evil European man and not on things that should be on. Or we have a mass shooting at a school. God bless those little children. You have a psycho who goes into a school, shoots and kills 19, I believe it's 19 children, one teacher. And they put this all over the news. Why? Because there's something about children that grip our souls. Because especially if you have children, you understand, and if you've lost some, you understand that feeling. And even if you haven't lost, just the thought of losing your children, if you love them, it, it hits you differently, right? So they put all this stuff on the news to distract you. And now they want you to weigh in on this gun control laws and, you know, are you pro-NRA or against the NRA, pro-gun reform, against gun reform, and all this stuff. But really, at the end of the day, how does gun reform, how does the Black Lives Matter movement, we're talking about what happened in Buffalo, how does any of that move you closer to a relationship with the Most High? Now, I'm not dismissing the fact that these events were horrific, and that this country has a lot of work to do when we talk about um, weapons and guns, we talk about mental illnesses, when we talk about the public safety. All those things are real. But the problem is, I believe that our government allows things to happen and sacrifices innocent souls. And I say innocent very loosely. I don't know these people. I don't, I don't know. But as far as I know, they were... They were law-abiding as citizens, doing the best they could to live a, a, a quiet and peaceful life. And one day they woke up, thought they were just going to a grocery store, and their life ended. Parents dropping their kids off at school, making plans for the summer. And all they know now is the vacation that I had planned, the fun we had planned for the summer, we can't have because my child is gone. So I, I don't know who these people are, what their lives were. I always try to assume the best of people. But anywho, how, how does any of this conversation, this rhetoric, get you any closer to the Most High God? I'll answer that for you. It doesn't. What it does for us, though, it distracts us. It doesn't allow us to have, it doesn't promote proper and consistent service to the Lord without distraction. As Shaul just says, it doesn't allow us to be alert. It doesn't allow us to be on the watch for the adversary who is uh, like a roaring lion searching for something to devour. It doesn't allow us to build up our faith. It doesn't allow us to do any of those things. So how do we combat all these type of distractions in the media. One way is to, uh, it's, it's the principle of, um, it's the principle of subtraction by addition, right? So I'm going to add something in the regular course of my life so I can take something away, right? So for instance, if you're trying to lose weight, what you want to do is you want to add in healthy foods, right? You want to add in your 
vegetables. You want to add in your high protein uh, meats and you want to add in your fruits and you want to take out things that are high in sodium, things that are high in uh, that are that are uh, um, high processed foods and uh, things that are full of um, white sugar, unnatural sugar, right? Uh, Processed sugar. You want to take those things. uh, You want to take those things out and you want to add in the healthy stuff. So just like that in losing weight, you want to cause yourself to be at a what they call a calorie. You want to be calorie deficient. So you want to you want to work off more calories than you actually eat. So in order to be on alert and not be distracted, we must um, learn how to take in more of the things that get us close to the most high and not the things that distract us from the most high. So we have to be at a media deficiency when we want to work on our souls and work on our faith. And I know it's kind of hard and I know it's kind of difficult because everybody has a phone. Everybody has Facebook. Everybody has Instagram. Everybody has TikTok. Everybody has their favorite news station that they watch before they go to sleep. And that's okay. But what I'm saying is you have to do more uh, studying and searching for the most high and uh, conditioning your soul than you do being distracted by the world's media. Why? Because when we're distracted by the world's media, we don't understand the system that the most high has set up. We understand the world system, but we don't understand the system that the most high has set up. And then, then when things hit the fan, we're caught off guard every single time. Because if you believe the scriptures, the scriptures say that the most high does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he does not change, that means that he works in a pattern. He works in a pattern. And this pattern is cyclical, meaning it happens over and over and over and over and over again, the same exact way every single time. So that's why, that's why Yeshua, the Messiah, the world knows as Jesus Christ, but Yeshua, the Messiah, he was frustrated with the Jewish leaders of his time. Why? Because he said, you can look up in the sky and you can understand when it's about to rain. You can feel the south wind and understand that it's about to be a hot day, but you misinterpret spiritual things. You understand the physical, but you don't understand the physical, the spiritual. Why? Because they were distracted. What were they were distracted by? They were distracted by they, they, they were trying so hard to keep their grips on the power that they had through the friendship that they thought they had through the Roman government. That was their focus. Their focus was not serving the people. Their focus was not on ministry. Their focus was not staying alert and vigilant um, and watching the times. Their focus was to keep power and keep a good relationship with the Roman government. And Yahshua was telling them that you are focused on all the wrong stuff. And so what's, what's the same then is the same now. We miss so much of what God is doing because we're focused on the wrong stuff, because we're distracted by all everything that's going on around us. We're distracted by gun control stuff going on. We're distracted by mass shooting stuff going on. We're distracted by uh, uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trials. We're distracted by uh, the, the the war in the Ukraine. We're distracted by uh, the stock market. We're distracted by the potential invasion of uh, Taiwan. We're, uh, we're distracted by stuff that's just happening in your normal life. Your kids is tripping. Your husband, your wife is tripping. Uh, you, you, you're having a tough time at work and you can't, all this other stuff that's going on that's distracting you. 
But as Peter says, if you're not on the watch, if your eyes aren't open, the adversary will devour you. In other words, if you are physically distracted, more than likely, you will be, you will be uh, uh, spiritually destroyed. You will be spiritually destroyed. If you are physically distracted, you will be physically destroyed. Let me pull up some, some stats right here for you. All right. I'm going to pull up some stats. Um, and these stats show uh, how many people. So it says the average amount of time spent reading the Bible among adults in the United States. Excuse me. From 2013 to 2017. It says, check this out. So one or more hours, one or more hours. In 2017, because that's the closest year, it says 23% of the people that were surveyed read their Bible more than an hour, an hour or more. 6% of the people that were surveyed read their Bible 45 to 59, 45 minutes to 59 minutes. 29% read their Bibles 30 to 44 minutes. 25%, 15 to 29 minutes. And less than 15 minutes, 17%. So the bulk of the people on this survey read their word. And we ain't talking about studying. We're just talking about reading. Between 15 and 45 minutes. Now, that may sound okay. But if you live in a large city, you live in a Chicago, a Houston, a LA, a New York. You understand, even Atlanta, the traffic, um, even where I'm at, traffic, you know, 15 to 45 minutes, that's just a, that's a, that's a trip to work. It's not really long. It's definitely not enough time to get in any kind of in-depth study. But here's the crazy thing. That same website shows how long people stay on social media. The average person stays on social media for about two hours and 45 minutes. So the people surveyed that studied their Bible for an hour or more. Again, that was, I think it was 23%. But the majority of people stay on their social media for two hours and 45 minutes. So if social media, it's what's, if, if that's what's dominating your attention, you are what you eat. It don't matter if that, what's true in the physical is true in the spiritual. So if you're feeding your spirit junk, all you're going to get in return is junk. If all I'm taking in is social media and CNN and Fox News, then that's, that's all I'm going to know. That's how I'm going to move. I'm going to be a sheep. I'm going to be distracted. I'm going to be distracted. Let me tell you a secret about social media. And some of you probably already know this stuff. But if I'm on, it doesn't matter if you're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all the, algorithm, all the algorithms work the same. If I am a conservative American, and I am pro-life, and uh, l l let's just paint the, the stereotypical conservative American. Going to be pro-life, going to be Christian, going to vote Republican. Uh, more than likely, you're going to lean toward Fox News as your social media outlet, and you're probably going to lean towards some 
right wing conspiracy theories out there. Right. For instance, like Trump, uh, the, the election was rigged. All right. The, the 20, the 2021 elections were rigged. All right. The 2020 elections were rigged. Okay. If I am that person, there are certain articles that I'm going to read. There are certain posts that I'm going to like. There are certain things I'm going to share. The social media algorithms will pick that up and it will feed you everything that you agree with. So it keeps you in your limited worldview bubble. The same as with the liberal. So let's paint the stereotypical liberal. You're going to be pro-choice, right? You're going to vote Democrat. You may be Christian, but you may go to a, a universalist Christian church. Um, or you may be a Catholic, all right? Or you may be an atheist. It's all in there. You're going to believe um, some left-wing conspiracy theories, all right? So you're going to probably be in the UFOs, and uh, you're going to, you know, uh, be the whole, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know any, I don't, I don't really venture on that side much, but, uh, you know, the world's out to get you and um, whatever it may be. I don't know. I don't know. All those conspiracy theories that are out there. I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist on either side, so I don't know the ones that are out there. Uh, but what you're going to do is, again, just like the conservative, you're going to like certain things. You're going to read certain things. You're going to share certain things. The algorithm is going to pick all that stuff up, and it's going to let you see all the stuff that's in your limited liberal worldview. Here's the problem with that. When I can only see what I want and what my opinion agrees with, I'm distracted from other things that's going on around the world that may disagree with me. And that may be right. Mm. I'll say that again. When I do this, I'm distracted from the rest of the world and stuff that's happening that I may disagree with, but it might be right. Mm-hmm. So what are you getting at? Yemiyahu, what are you getting at? Number one, obviously I'm getting at that we are consistently distracted and it's by our own volition. We choose to be distracted. Nobody at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, nobody at CNN or Fox News is putting a gun to your head and say that you got to consume two, three, four, five hours of our content. Nobody's saying that. We're choosing to do that. We're choosing to do the opposite of what the Apostle Peter has warned us to do. We're choosing to do the opposite of what Apostle Paul has warned us about. We're choosing to do the opposite of what our Messiah, Yeshua, has warned us about. We're choosing to do the opposite of what the prophets have warned us about, to be on the lookout, to be alert. Why do we need to be alert? Let's get into this real quick. And I'm not going to share a lot of this. Um, I'm going to put the website up here. You guys can, as always on this podcast, I want you guys to be um, intelligent about the information that you're getting. I don't want you just to be sheeple and blindly believe the stuff that I'm telling you. I want you to do your own um, investigation, intelligent investigation and stuff I'm saying. Because, heck, I could be wrong, right? But I want to introduce some to, uh, an idea to some of you all who don't, who may not know because, again, a lot of us just don't read our word. So there's a concept in Leviticus 
um, toward the end of the book of Leviticus. And it talks about the Shemitah. The Shemitah, that's the Hebrew word for a letting go or a release. Um, in English, we would call this a sabbatical year. Uh, the most famous of the sabbatical years that everybody knows would be the year of Jubilee. So just like the year of Jubilee, the sabbatical years work in cycles of seven. I would submit to you, if you study your word, if you study the Torah, you'll find out that God works in cycles of seven, right? Six days he made the earth. On the seventh day, he rested. These cycles of seven always end in a rest or a release, a work for six, a release in seven. So I'm going to create the world in six days. I'm going to rest on the seventh day. Then I'm going to command the whole earth, especially the children of Israel, to work for six days and rest on the seventh day. If you read your Torah, if a Hebrew slave decides to sell himself into slavery, he, are, he is to work for his master for how many years? Six years. And what happens on the seventh year? He is to be released or freed. Um, in the Jubilee, um, if you sell your property to someone, they, are, they can have that property for how many years? Seven cycles of seven, 49 years. But on that last cycle of seven, year 50, there has to be a release. So we see every single time that God works in cycles of seven. Here's the thing. He says in Leviticus 26 that if you don't, right before Leviticus 26, he talks about the land having its Sabbaths. So for six years, you can till your ground and all that stuff. But on the seventh year, you can't till or anything. You can't plant. You can't harvest. You can't do anything on the seventh year. It's called a Shemitah year. It's a sabbatical year. You are to let the land rest. And if you do not let the land rest, there are consequences for that. And it's laid out in Leviticus chapter 26. There's the blessings if you do do it. There's the curses if you don't do it. So Leviticus 26 is not the little brother of Deuteronomy 28. Um, these are different curses and blessings based off of different circumstances. Leviticus 26 is directly connected to the sabbatical year and that you ought to let the land rest and have its Sabbaths. And if you don't, there are consequences. If you do, there are blessings. And we call this the Shemitah. Here's what's interesting. Although most of us have forgotten or don't even know about the Shemitah year or the sabbatical year, um, just know that right now, <clears throat> as a recording of this podcast, we are in a sabbatical year. So what does that mean for someone who is not in a agrarian, um, uh, 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 agrarian culture? So you're not in a culture that depends on agriculture for uh, agriculture for its uh, economy. So we're in a technological culture. We depend on technology for our economy. So what does that mean? Maybe that means you shouldn't start a business in a sabbatical year. Maybe that means uh, you should be on heightened alert in a sabbatical year. Maybe that means um, you ought to focus more on rest in a sabbatical year. Uh, you should be more helpful, more zadik, more righteous, more giving of yourself in a sabbatical year. Looking to give more than you receive in a sabbatical year. These, 
my, my point is these are the things we ought to be focused on, but most of us never even heard of Shemitah or a sabbatical year because we don't read and we don't study our scriptures. So now if you don't know of something, you're now distracted by all the other stuff. So when things, when the ball drops, when the stuff hits the fan, we're shocked and surprised. But this is so cold. Let me show you something real quick. He lays out all the stuff in Leviticus 26. Let me go to Leviticus 26 real quick. And this is how you know Yahshua was right when he was like, yo, y'all should be able, nothing should catch y'all off guard. Y'all should never be caught off guard. Y'all should never be caught off guard. Never. Why not? So Leviticus 26, starting at verse 16, we're going to deal with these curses, right? And I'm going to deal with the first batch of curses. So there's six batches of curses that happen if you do not heed to these sabbatical years. So again, six years you to do whatever you need to do in your crops. On that seventh year, you leave the land alone. Don't touch it. So in a technology year, you spend six years doing whatever you got to do, building your business, working hard at your job, whatever it may, may be. You, 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 you're investing hard in the stock market. You're actively trading. You're doing all these different things that you would do in a technological uh, culture, in a capitalistic culture. And you're free to do that. But on the seventh year, you take a break from all that stuff. My focus now is not on uh, making gains in the stock market. My focus now is not on building my next empire. My focus now um, is not on what's going on in these news cycles. Mm, because something's about to happen. Something is about to be dropped, let go, freed. And I need to be on the lookout and I need to be prepared. But if I'm not prepared, then I'm going to be left behind because of my choice to be distracted. And I would submit to you, and the reason I'm starting with the curses is because by far, the majority of people don't follow the principles laid out in the Torah. So if we're not following them, then what's going to happen? We're not going to get the blessings. We'll get the curses. The majority of the world will get the curses. And just like the Babylonian captivity, the Assyrian captivity, everybody in, everybody in Judah wasn't wicked who went into Babylon. Daniel wasn't wicked. Jeremiah wasn't wicked. Everybody who went to the Assyrian captivity wasn't wicked. Hosea wasn't wicked. Elisha, Elisha, they weren't wicked people. But the righteous fall with the wicked every single time when there's global catastrophe. So if I'm living righteously in Ethiopia and a famine hits, I'm still going to feel that impact. Now, the Most High may be gracious, and I may get some food so that my belly stays full, but I'm still going to have to struggle with everybody else. That's, that's, it just is what it is. We see that in the Tanakh all the time. Now, Daniel went out to captivity, but within captivity, because he was faithful to his God, his God was faithful to him, and he elevated him even in the midst of catastrophe. So that could be true as well, right? And we even see when they come back um, that even in the midst of catastrophe, Ezra and Nehemiah were elevated even in the midst of captivity, all right? So if you're righteous, you're going to go into captivity. You're going to feel the captivity, but you can also be elevated within the captivity and given favor before your enemies. Isn't that something? But anyway, let's look at this. So um, I feel like I'm so rambling on. I, hope, I really hope this, this, um, 
this podcast episode is helping you. And the whole purpose of this is do not be, there's so many distractions. Don't be distracted. That's the whole purpose of this, of this episode. Don't be distracted by the media because the media, what they ain't telling you is the scriptures. All right. So let's look at this. Leviticus 26, starting at verse 10. 16, and we're going to deal with the first chunk of these curses because this happens over and over and over again. Again, there's, there's, there's six different chunks of them. We're going to deal with the first chunk because there's six curses, six chunks of curses. Then on the seventh, it's not a curse. He drops the curses and he offers you some kind of redemption. He says, listen, if you ask for forgiveness of your sins and the sins of your forefathers, I will remember the covenant between uh, that I have with Abraham, that I have with Isaac, that I have with Jacob. And I will heal the land and I'll return you back to the land after it's had its Sabbaths. So six years, I'm going to tear your head up six times. And in those six times, I'm going to give you seven curses. Oh, my goodness. He works in sevens. But on the seventh time, I'm going to offer some kind of release. But anyway, let's look at it. 16. It says, then I, for my part, I will do this to you. Number one, I will bring terror upon you, wasting disease and a chronic fever to dim your sight and to sap your strength. You will sow your seed for nothing because your enemies will eat the crops. I will set my face against you. Your enemies will defeat you and those who hate you will hound you and you will flee when no one is pursuing you. So the first cycle of, uh, of curses, uh, when we don't obey the sabbatical years would be a would be at the, at simultaneously we have crop failure, we have sickness, and we have warfare. Well, I wonder if those things are happening right now. Is there crop failure going on? Absolutely. There are big companies that are taking up these small farmers. Farms are closing up all around the country. Also, in the news, there are a lot of distribution, and some of the conspiracy theories say it's done on purpose, but I don't know. A lot of distribution centers of food that are just randomly catching on fire. There's a lot of recalls for our produce. Crop failure. Is there sickness? Well, everybody knows about coronavirus. And now we have this new thing called monkeypox. Is there warfare? Ukraine's been invaded. Taiwan's about to be probably invaded. Uh, if you've been alive since 1900, there's been a war. You don't know a time when you've not seen some type of war since 1900. And I'm sure this. Uh, could go back further than that, but I only did the research for 1900. There's been some kind of war. If you're listening to this podcast, you've definitely been alive since at least since 1900, right? There's been, you've seen some form of war. Now, am I saying that this is the end? Absolutely not. What I am saying is a, it's a very good preview. So what happens? The question is, what happens and why is it so important? These sabbatical years are so important. Let's look at it. And I'll leave this link um, down in the description of this podcast because I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to read off the, the sabbatical years, the years that was a, the years that were sabbatical years. So we have year one, two, three, four, five, six, and that seventh year is a sabbatical year. You need to stop. But most of us don't. And then we feel the consequences. So I'm just going to read off some historical things that have happened that impact our economy, because what it does is all the curses that are in Leviticus 26, what they do is they offset our economy. They impact the economy of Israel. So if it impacting the economy of Israel, let's see if God is not just the God of Israel, but is he not the God of the whole world, as our Bible says? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also, as Paul would say? So if that is true, that means that everybody should be stopping during a sabbatical year. 
And if it's also true that they don't stop, there's a curse or something happening in your economy that very year. So let's see. We're going to go back all the way to 1901 because I said if you're alive in the 1900s, you should be able to feel some of this stuff. We're going to go back all the way to 1901, 1902. So that is the first sabbatical year within the 20th and the 21st century. All right. We're, we're just going to deal with the 20th and 21st century. Now, again, I'll leave this link for you and then we'll be done. So 1901 to 1902 is sabbatical year. 46% U.S. stock market value wiped out. Gone. Again, seven years later, 1916 to 1917, a sabbatical year. 40% of U.S. stock market value wiped out. German, Austria-Hungria, Russia, Ottoman empires collapsed. Britain, the world's greatest empire, is almost bankrupt. The beginning of of the American to rise to the world power, all during this one sabbatical year. And then this website, it says Shemitah. That is the correct version. But a lot of us don't know what Shemitah is, so I'm just going to say sabbatical year. 1930 to 1931, the next sabbatical year, 86% of the U.S. stock market value wiped out the world's worst financial crisis in modern history, or as we know it as uh, the stock market crash of 1930s, Black Friday, or Black Monday or something like that. The stock market crash of 1930s. The next sabbatical year, 1937 to 1938, 50% of U.S. stock market value wiped out and there was a global recession. Next sabbatical year, 1944 to 1945, the end of the German Reich and Britain's hold on territories, establishment of America as the world's superpower. The next sabbatical year, 1965 to 1966, 23% of the stock market value wiped out. 1972 to 1973, the next sabbatical year, 48% of the U.S. stock market value wiped out. Global recession, U.S. voted to kill its unborn children, so abortion legalized. U.S. lost its first war in Vietnam. The next sabbatical year, 1979 to 1980, U.S. and global recession. The next sabbatical year, 1986 to 1987, 33% U.S. stock market value wiped out. Next sabbatical year, 1993 to 1994, the bond market crashed. The next sabbatical year, year 2000-2001, 37% of the U.S. stock market value wiped out. 9-11 happened in a global recession. One of those curses talks about how it will break the pride of the nation. And the sages would say that the pride of the nation in Israel was the temple. That's what they took their most pride in. What was the most pride that America takes? What, what is the thing that America takes its most pride in? It's, it's capitalistic money. It's money. Money is its God. Where was the symbol for this power and money? It was the World Trade Center. And on a sabbatical year, when they kept doing as they always did and did not stop to acknowledge the true and living God, that thing came crashing down. Hmm. Can't make this stuff up. Next sabbatical year, 2007-2008, 50% of the U.S. stock market value wiped out a global recession. That's when, that's when the, they said the, the, the real estate market bubble busted. Guess what, y'all? We're in a sabbatical year right now, 2001-2022. Sabbatical year will end around September of this year. We have still an outbreak of COVID. We have the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. We have, we're going into a recession. We're in a all-time high in inflation. Gas prices are on the rise. But guess what? If you understood, if you understood the schedule of the most high, 
and was not distracted by all this social media scrolling and watching funny videos and all that's fine because I understand you work hard. Sometimes you need to veg out. You need something that you don't have to think about and that's okay, I get it. But you can't be spending two and a half hours on this stuff. You can't be. You have to spend more time in your word understanding the Torah as the Bereans did, understanding the times so you're not cut off guard. So if, if the Most High works in, 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 in seven-year cycles, and we know historically that on that seventh year, something always bad happens. We can always be prepared. So you're not caught off guard when the stock market drops. You're not caught off guard when inflation comes. You're not caught off guard when war comes. You're not caught off guard when famine comes because, man, okay, it's a sabbatical year. I need, I need to stock up on some, some non-perishable items. I need to stock up on some deodorants. I need to stock up on some soaps. I need to uh, make sure my money's okay. Some practical stuff. I need to make sure my, I need to be praying vigilantly for my family that's not in the way. Some practical stuff so I'm not caught off guard. But when you are distracted physically, you will be destroyed spiritually because you don't understand God's timing. He works the same way every time because he does not change. It's not a coincidence that all this crazy stuff happens in a sabbatical year, every seven years. So family, I implore you that it is time for us to leave the things that distract us alone and pick up the things that get us closer to the most high. Pick up the things that feed your spirit, feed your mind and your soul. Because I would hate for all of us to love and to believe. And, you know, you go into your Shabbats and you go into your feast days. But you're continually missing the signs of the Most High. Because you spend more time on Facebook and TikTok. You spend more time arguing with liberals or conservatives about gun control and abortion, about homosexual rights and all this other stuff. than you actually do studying the times of the Most High, understanding his ways and his schedule and what's important to him. I'll leave you again with the words of uh, the Apostle Cephas or who the world knows as Peter um, in his in his epistle um, in his letter 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 it says stay sober stay alert your enemy the adversary Stalks about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. How do you stand against him? You got to be firm in your, in your faith, knowing that your brothers throughout the world are going through the same kinds of sufferings. But we cannot know that if we're always distracted. Be on the lookout, brothers. Be on the lookout, sisters. Don't be distracted. That's all I have for the day. I hope this helped you. I hope this blessed you. And as I always say, seek the truth. Live it out and inform others. Shalom.